Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shifted Radio. I'm Mike. Today, we have a really special guest. His name is Kyle Reedhead, and he runs Health Simple, and he also does Health Simple Podcast. You can find him on Instagram at Health Simple. Kyle Reedhead combines his formal education, which consists of a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology and a Diploma in Health and Fitness from the University of Guelph Humber, with his years of experience in health coaching to bridge the gap between evidence-based health research and the understanding of the general population. Kyle is the founder of Health Simple and is the host of the Health Simple radio podcast, where he utilizes these platforms to empower others to live healthy, happy, and stress-free. We're super pumped to have Kyle on the show today as we get to talk about health and food consumption and foods for performing optimally and we're just really excited to bring some attention to how we're learning about the body and and how it performs and and what we can do to optimize our performance with respect to nutrition and and other topics too. Um, Kyle has been putting out a ton of amazing content over on his social platforms and it's going to be great to get to know a bit more about him and and get people to to see all the good work that he's been doing. So without further ado, let's welcome Kyle to the show. Hey Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. No complaints. It's a bit of a rainy day here in Toronto, but uh, you know, we'll get through it. Yeah, it's Halloween, so you know we gotta we gotta <laughs> push through here so that we can get these kids on their way and and getting them some uh, some candy, maybe some apples or something. Maybe we should hand out some apples or something tonight. That would be nice. I think I think they used to do that way back in the day, but we've we've stopped and and changed to uh, you know a whole bunch of bad carbs instead. But hey, that's the way that's the way it goes, I guess. I think that if we maybe change the perspective and say, hey, listen, maybe we can indulge ourselves on halloween and and try to perform better on the other days of the year maybe maybe it can work right like maybe we can find a way to to make everyone happy i completely agree the only thing is is when you come back with two pillowcases full of chocolate bars (laughs) and chips it ends up lasting until you know until december so uh i don't know if it works out as easy as as we hope true unless yeah unless we make them we force them to eat them all in one night, <laughs> yeah. and then they, then they develop some stomach uh, issues, and, and then, you know, they have a, a bad day the next day, but then they're good after that. They don't want any more for the next foreseeable future. I don't know. <laughs> been toying with that. <laughs> it's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, welcome to the, to the show. We're really happy to have you. Um, we've been noticing a bunch of your stuff on social, uh, and you caught our attention for sure, and, and we're really, really happy to have you on here. Um, we gave the listeners a little bit of a Coles Notes version of you, but please, you know, take us into more an, of an in-depth uh, understanding of who you are and, and what you're up to. Yeah, sounds good. And first of all, you know, excited to to be on this this podcast. 
sports and health are, are probably my two favorite topics. So to be able to, you know, join them together is, is a lot of fun for me. Um, I went to school, uh, you know, my background is in science. So I went to school for health and fitness uh, and then completed a, a degree in kinesiology. And actually coming out of school, I worked with a concussion research company for a number of years. Um, so that kind of, you know, got me interested in the science and, and, you know, of sports. And, you know, it was a great, great experience. It was right around the time when Crosby was going through all of his problems. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I really wanted to figure out, you know, what it was that was going on with concussion. And, and uh, you know, so I was there for about four or five years. And then, you know, I just continued to have this interest in health and in wellness and, and you know, had my own health optimization journey and was, was doing all my own research, you know, outside of, of working with this concussion company. Um, and just sort of, you know, made that decision that I think I can, can offer more and help more in this space. I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people are confused with and, and, you know, need help with. Um, so the idea really came from, and this is a story where I started, you know, Health Simple, uh, and then the podcast itself, Health Simple Radio. But the idea came from, I used to listen to all these podcasts of health experts and, you know, people who were doing a lot of good work in the industry but they're very in-depth, they're very complex, they're very science-based, and I'd have friends sitting with me listening, and they'd just go blank. They'd be like, I have no idea what the heck they're talking about, and I'd have to kind of explain it and simplify it. And so I realized, you know, I think this is a problem that a lot of people are having, so we really need to find a way to sort of bridge that gap, right, from the science to, you know, the, the general population. And so that's sort of what Health Simple is, is a way to just sort of simplify the actual research and what's really going on but put it in, in words where, you know, the average person, the general population without a science background can, can really understand. So that's kind of where Health Simple came from. And then I also do some one-on-one uh, -on -one health coaching with clients to work on kind of a holistic approach to improve their health. So things like nutrition, stress management, you know, we look at sleep and, and mindfulness and exercise and, you know, a variety of different areas to really incorporate the full spectrum. And, and improve not just your health, but your entire, you know, life and your entire lifestyle. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff that you've been been up to. And uh, I think that it's definitely getting more attention now. And I think more people are recognizing that um, through the work of, you know, obviously people like you, but, you know, and, and people that are at the forefront of biohacking, we're starting to see that there are different ways to do things and we should be, you know, considering these, these methods and, and kind of questioning what we've been learning as a, as a population for the last, I don't know, 80 years or so, because truthfully um, it, it's, I mean, I'm sure it started with good intentions, but I think, a lot of things start to get skewed when you introduce monetization. And um, I think what we're seeing now is, is biohacking. Uh, people are recognizing, yes, there's a way to monetize, but I think people fundamentally believe that we can do things different and we can do things better and we can feel better about it. And that's just kind of, you know, what's led me down this kind of path as well. Would you agree? Oh yeah, completely. I mean, for me, if there's a way, to optimize the way that I feel every single day, if there's a way to optimize the way that I think and the way that I learn and the way that I perform, why wouldn't I want to do that? You know, it, it, it just seems so, to me, it's so easy to do because it's just, you know, it makes complete sense. And, you know, we've been put through, you know, a long history of, 
of, you know, bad habits and, and, you know, changes in our diet and changes in the, the amount that we move and changes in our sleep and all these different things that, that really have affected our, our health. And, you know, I, I, I do love to biohack as we call it, which is sort of your, your ter- term to, I guess, optimize your health to, to that sort of next level, to that elite level. But I mean, for the average person, biohacking is just, you know, building that foundation of health. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of work that we can do, whether it's, you know, just getting back to, to real human health or, you know, even getting into that elite uh, aspect, which is where, you know, I'm trying to do. And I think you as well. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole performance optimization thing is, is really quite um, amazing because you start to see people really pushing the boundaries of what human potential is. And you start to see extreme feats of athleticism, but, but it's, it's almost like we're enabling it through better health understanding and better understanding of ourselves. So self-awareness, and that's something that we're really, really big on here. And basically what we are trying to do is, is enable people to be self-aware. Um, so we're, what, what we're seeing is that so many people are, are using this information that's readily available to help people more on a one-to-one um, basis. And that's, that's certainly what we're trying to do here. Uh, but we're also you know, understanding that people, they want to know information, but they want to know that they're getting the correct information. So how, how can we start to see that this information that's out there that we're, you know, we're, we've kind of subscribed to is actually, in fact, correct? Yeah, you know what, it's a, it's a good question, a very good question, actually. And, and a difficult one to answer because there, there's so many voices out there, right? There's, there's so much going on. If you look at what, you know, the mainstream media says, you know, so on TV and your, your news channels, what they're saying versus what you're seeing, you know, on social media versus what you're reading. If you're actually, you know, looking into the research, everything is different. And so it can be very difficult to, to kind of, you know, maneuver through that. And, you know, the, the best way obviously is to just read the research right but I mean a lot of people aren't going to do that it's very time consuming it's a lot of big words that you know a lot of people just don't understand if you haven't you know taken an interest in that or taken school in that area so I mean really the first thing I would say is is don't ever listen to the mainstream media Um, you know anything that they're saying in the news channels you know they they just love the the headlines and the clickbaits so I really try to, to flush that out as much as possible. I never have the news on in, in my house. I, I don't read Same. the newspaper. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, they've been around so long and they just, they know the game. They know how to manipulate people. So that's, you know, that's what they're trying to do. They're not, they don't really have your best interests in mind. And I mean, social media is even starting to get to that point. But what you really need to do is, is you know, if you're not going to do the research yourself, you got to do the research on the people that you're going to follow or the people that you're going to you know, read their books or listen to their podcasts and make sure they're at least doing the work, right? And that's the beauty of social media is that you have experts that are doing all the research and putting in all this work and learning everything. And now they have platforms that make it so easy to explain everything that they're doing. So it's a wonderful thing. It's just, you kind of need to, to look into the people that you're going to be listening and follow the right people or listen to the right people um, and so you just got to do your due, your due diligence, uh, and then, you know, go from there, but, you know, don't just believe everything that you see, you know, there is a lot of clickbait out there. Mm. Um, so you, you really got to just pay attention and, and, you know, make sure that you're looking at the right people. Yeah, absolutely. For, for me, you know, this whole, 
you know, optimizing my performance started way back when I was probably a teenager and probably, you know, even before then, when, you know, when I really start, said that, you know, hey, I want to be a hockey player. I want to be an athlete. And so it just led me to make choices that, you know, hey, is this going to make me a better athlete? Yes or no? If yes, then carry on. If no, then find a new way. So nice. I was always testing new things. I was always trying to push the limits on what I would be eating and how I would be doing things, training. Um, I mean, I, I think, to be honest, I started training when I was 12 uh, in 1998. And I feel like uh, I was one of the early adopters to like training. And now everybody you know, and their brothers is training to be an athlete. And I think that that's great. Um, but now to, to kind of get the edge. And, and I think that, you know, the food and the consumption and, and learning brain health and, and what is actually happening um, is somewhere that we can start to make some inroads, at, you know, for each of us individually. You know, and, and it wasn't until I tried uh, a lot of different things that I started to understand what people were saying. So, I mean, I've tried probably all the diets that they're out there. I mean, not every single one of them, but a lot of the, you know, the more important or prevalent ones. I mean, I've tried being vegan. I've tried being vegetarian. I have tried doing the paleo stuff. Uh, I've tried obviously growing up being Italian. I mean that uh, I've tried the carb, <laughs> the carb loading. I mean, that's a tough one to get away from, but no, like it wasn't until I tried all of them for, you know, a sustained period of time that I understood what was happening and I understood how to navigate how I was feeling. And that kind of helped me to be self-aware and to understand, okay, you know, I'm feeling something, I'm feeling this, you know, how do, how do I feel about this? Is it helping me or hindering me? Right. And that's how, you know, once I started to learn more and more, and then I discovered the, uh, the intermittent fasting and the bulletproof uh, intermittent fasting and that, has what I've been on for the last little while. And, and, you know, how that makes me feel is, is something that, uh, you know, I've gotten used to it and I like it and it's easy to stick to, but it, it wouldn't be this way if I hadn't have gone down those other roads. Right. And this is why, you know, the message that I'm trying to, you know, purvey is that, you know, try things for yourself so you can see, you know, don't just listen to what I'm saying, like try it for yourself and then you'll see, you know, what is working for you. This is just, you know, what is working for me and what I think and what I believe in my heart is a good method. But I mean, I think every person is probably somewhat different. I mean, how does that fit into what, you know, you're doing as well? Well, I completely agree. And I love that because we need to be our own lab rats. You need to be aware of yourself, aware of how you feel on a daily basis, which many of us are not because... Well, it's 2018 and we live our lives, you know, busy and stressful and on our phones and, you know, running from place to place. And we really need to just dial it back and understand who you are, right? Understand, you know, what your goals are, understand how you feel, whether it's in the gym or whether it's when you're eating food or when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed, you know, you need to study yourself more than anything out there, because if you can master yourself, then you can master anything. So it really is the most important thing you can do is to just dial in on who you are and how you feel. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. And, and experiment too. Just like you said, you do need to try different things because, you know, not every diet is going to work for every person. We're all unique. We all have different genes. We all have different body types and, and you know, 
there's so many variances between each individual. So there's no one size fits all diet. There's no one size fits all type of training. You really need to do what's best for you. And, you know, no doctor is going to tell you that no coach is going to be able to tell you that, you know, they can help guide you and, and help, you know, give you access to different diets or different training alternatives. But ultimately it comes down to, to understanding yourself and seeing how these certain foods or, you know, whatever it is are going to affect you. And so, you know, it, it really is so important to just be aware and to experiment. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, one of the reasons why I really feel like this intermittent fast, other than the science and all the studies that, you know, people have done around this intermittent fasting stuff and, and why it's good for us is like humans have survived for this long with, without having overconsumption as a problem. Right. And we, we haven't had food readily available to us for generations and, you know, for the last however many years that humans have been on earth. And it hasn't been, you know, until the last hundred years or so where we've discovered that we can create our own food and we can consume it and then we can just create more of it and then consume more of it. And where, where consumption has actually become an issue, uh, a real global type of issue. Um, and I think that that's one reason why I like the intermittent fasting you know, concept is because we're going back to what has allowed us to survive for so long and not relying on, you know, Western medicine. I mean, Western medicine is great in a life-saving scenario, I believe, but as a, you know, as a lifestyle, it's very, very you know, impractical and it's also creating a lot more havoc in our bodies than, you know, it, 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 then it's helping us. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I mean, overconsumption is, is one of the biggest problems that we have, you know, today in Western societies anyway. Um, you know, and it's been a problem for, for some time. Like you said, it's, it's not something we used to do. We used to have to hunt for our food. We used to go days without eating and that was normal. And, you know, if what people don't really understand is that when you fast, you actually become more focused, you become a better human being, right? When you fast, because if you didn't, well, humans wouldn't exist because we used to go so long without eating, you know, when there was bad weather or, you know, whatever it was that was going on, there just wasn't animals around. And if we got worse as we fasted, then we would eventually just die. But we actually get better as a human cognitively and physically, because that's what enables us to actually finally catch that animal or to, you know, go far enough and hike far enough to find those plants or whatever it was that we had to get. So, I mean, if you go back to the way we used to be, it was a lot of fasting and then feasting and then fasting for a period of time and feasting. But I mean, look at how we are today. Even people that are healthy or think they're healthy, you know, we wake up and we eat right away and then we eat, you know, three, five meals a day, depending on, you know, what you decide to do. Typically you're snacking before bed you go to sleep, you maybe get six hours of sleep because again, that's how we are in today's world. You've had six hours of fasting within 24 hours and that's it. That doesn't even really count as fasting, right? So, I mean, fasting is such a simple and an easy way to sort of, I guess, biohack, but it's not even a biohack. It's just to go back to, you know, normal health. And before we even get into all the fasting stuff or into the biohacks, the one thing I really want to get across here is that you know, the foundations of, of health is so important because we're all humans before we're anything else. Before you're an athlete, before you're a CEO of a company, you know, before whatever it is that you want to excel at or you want to do, you're human first. And so you need to give 
the body and you need to give, you know, your mind the things that it requires to be a human, right? And to function as a normal, healthy human. And, you know, we don't really do that all that much anymore. And that's a big reason why we're so sick. And so, you know, and even a lot of athletes out there who are trying to excel, they're not even taking care of those, those basics, the fundamentals of health. And so if you try to pile on this like athletic lifestyle and, and, you know, all this hard training and all this on top of a foundation that isn't even really, you know, solid, well, it's going to set you up for failure, right? It's like trying to play hockey, but you don't know how to skate yet. Well, you know, you got to, you got to be able to skate before you're going to get on the ice and, and work on your shooting and your, you know, your dangling skills and everything else that, that you need in hockey, right? So you've got to build that foundation. And that really comes around nutrition, sleep, stress management, exercise, you know, and as an athlete, I mean, exercise, they usually, have, they've got that going, but nutrition, I mean, I used to, when I was in school, I was the trainer for our basketball team for two years. And, you know, the amount of athletes that would eat McDonald's pregame and then crush, you know, <laughs> Wendy's after the game too, was just, it's mind boggling to me. And so before you even think about any type of biohacking, you really got to get back to the fundamentals of just eating like a human, sleeping like a human, you know, managing stress like you should be, um, and then, you know, proper exercise as well. So I just want to make sure we point that out before we dive too far into any specifics. Yeah, I mean, as an athlete myself, I mean, I've seen it and I've uh, experienced it and I've done it too. Is like you, we, we think that, you know, being an athlete just all of a sudden, you know, in, entitles us to have good health when in reality, we actually have to work towards our good health first and then we become better athletes as a result of having good health, right? Like yeah. a lot of athletes are... You know, we're, we're trying to out-train poor diets or poor lifestyle choices. And it really wasn't until, like, I experienced what it actually is like to feel really good that, you know, then I really understood it, right? But I couldn't have possibly understood it before where, you know, like, you get less sleep and you think, like, okay, I'll just get up and I'll just go train. And, you know, you eat something bad or, you know, you get less sleep or you have a couple of drinks or whatever the case is. And you think, okay you know what, I'm just going to go out, you know, on the ice and, and sweat it out or do a lift and, and sweat it out. And, you know, it, in reality, you're becoming a, you know, a less effective and efficient athlete by, you know, choosing to have poor lifestyle choices. But I mean, it's something that I wouldn't have understood unless I really experienced it. And I guess the word that really comes to mind, I guess, when we talk about all this stuff is, is cortisol and, and, so like, talk to me about what, why cortisol is such an important word for people to really understand and, and what is happening and, and what does it all mean? Yeah. So cortisol is, is your stress hormone essentially. And I mean, stress is something that if you have stress, your body doesn't function to the best of its ability. Okay. And stress can come in many, many different forms. I mean, we think of stress when you're stressed at work, there's stress from training, you know, exercise itself is a stressor on the body. You can have stress from eating, you know, bad foods. You can have stress from not sleeping enough. You know, there's so many different, you know, things that, that can cause stress. And the big thing about stress as, as an athlete is not just that you can't perform at a high enough level when you're stressed, because that is part of it, but also you increase your risk of injury. And, you know, the name of the game for, for an athlete is longevity, right? You need to stay healthy for a long period of time. If you're getting injured, 
two years into your pro career and that's it, you're done. Well, now what, right? It's, so it's something that we need to be thinking about really early on because you need to learn how to manage stress because you're only going to get more and more stressed as you age and as you go through an entire season. Um, so, so it's just, it's so important. And so, you know, there's, there's ways to manage stress. And again, it comes down to that holistic approach. So, um, you know, nutrition and sleep and, and all that kind of stuff, but the best ways to do it. So stress or sorry, cortisol is in its highest, uh, amount in the morning. So when you first wake up, so a lot of people, they get up and they run right to the gym or they get, you know, they start their day and their stress levels are, are high. And so one of the most important things that, that I recommend to, whether it be an athlete, whether it be just a normal person, is to wake up on your own terms. And it's funny, I just did a post about this just sure. before we got on here, but to wake up on your own terms. Because if you can wake up, maybe do some mindfulness practice, you know, go for a little walk before you get into the gym and, and you know, crush a big workout, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to do to sort of calm yourself first, make sure you've started your day on a calm level, because that's going to lower your cortisol levels and lower your stress. And the beauty of that is it's going to allow you to manage your stress throughout the day much more efficiently. So, you know, if something happens in your day, you get in a car accident, let's say, all of a sudden you're stressed, your cortisol spikes. Well, instead, if you've kind of managed it already to start your day, you're going to be better at just remaining calm in that situation. It's also going to help with overtraining. I mean, especially with, with athletes who are competitive, they're playing a lot, but they're also training a lot as well. And a lot of times it's lifting really heavy, which is a big way to spike cortisol. But if you do it too often, you're going to have too much cortisol and your body essentially is going to break down. And that's when you start to get injuries. This is why you see injuries, you know, at the end of the season, so many more injuries than at the very beginning, because, you know, you have much higher stress levels, much higher inflammation, uh, and your body's just beginning to break down. So it's really important to be, you know, mindful of that and sort of find ways to, to manage that, those cortisol levels or manage your stress, um, you know, not just to start your day, but all throughout your day, because it's really what's going to allow you to, to perform at your highest level and, of course, to prevent injury, which is by far the most important thing. Yeah, so training – basically, you're basically training yourself to be resilient right? Like by being proactive, you're training yourself to be resilient because we start the day fresh. Every single day, we have a new chance, a new opportunity to start a day and to feel good. And then what we do or what we choose to do or what happens to us is all like those little hurdles and obstacles. And if we allow ourselves to be in a proper state, uh, I feel like maybe it's, it's easier to get through the day. And then performing at your best often happens when you know, you've been resilient to a lot of other things that have happened throughout the day. And then it just kind of is what you are instead of turning it on and turning it off. Exactly. And, you know, there's, a, there's, if you've ever read the book, I think it's called TB12 Method. It's Tom Brady's book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he really attributes his, his success and his longevity. I think he's what, 40, I don't know, is he 42, 42 or something? Still think, playing yeah. the NFL, which, I mean, the average career in the NFL is like a year and a half, maybe. He's been there for 20 years. Uh-huh. He's had one, one big injury and that was it. I mean, that was, and it was a, you know, I think it was like a cut to his knee. So, I mean, there wasn't a oh, whole yeah. lot you could do about that. Um, but he came back pretty quick from it. But I mean, the thing that he contributes to it is, is the way that he trains off season and in the season to manage stress. 
because mantis stress and inflammation are the two things mm-hmm. that, that he likes to, to discuss because, you know, when you, let's say you play on a Sunday night, right. And you know, that game is very stressful on the body. There's, you're going to have bumps and bruises. So you're going to have inflammation. You're going to have cortisol spike. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it takes a toll on your body yet. Then you have the athletes that come in Monday morning and they start squatting, you know, 300 pounds because they're trying to, you know, get stronger. And, you know, it's not allowing your body to actually recover. You're just kind of digging yourself deeper in a hole, deeper in a hole. And now you have to work harder and harder to reach these peak levels. Whereas if on Monday you came in and did some mobility work instead of, you know, going hard in the gym, allow your nervous system to relax, allow your cortisol levels to come down, allow your inflammation to be lowered, which we'll talk a bit about inflammation afterwards because it's, it's super important. Um, but it's, it's all about that managing the stress at the right times instead of just always going, you know, 100, 100 all day, every day in the gym, you need to be aware of your body and you need to allow it recovery. And I know that's a really hard thing for athletes to realize. Uh, but you know, there really is, is no, there's really nothing more important than allowing for yourself to actually recover fully before you're going to go and give it that full stress attack or all that, you know, again so exactly exactly and this whole notion of you know no days off um you know like the it's more of a marketing ploy and and a way to create sales than it is for actual human performance i think because you know we we have to make the choice to let our bodies rest too because that in 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 and of itself is a performance tactic right like we have to give ourselves the ability to take that step back in order to take two steps forward and i think of it like like an elastic or like a rubber band or, you know, something like that where, you know, you pull it back uh, and you got to, and you got to shoot something forward. Well, you have to take that step back in order to go forward and taking a step back um, in terms of like staying away or, or resting, I think is such a vital thing for athletes in terms of longevity and also to perform the best they can. Right. And when we talk about, you know, adults versus kids, I think, Right now, what we're seeing in, in especially youth hockey, um, but most youth sports, is that they're like we're just pushing the kids, or the kids are pushing themselves like to the brink. And and what I, we're trying, what we're seeing is that a lot of these kids are trying to peak when they're 13 years old, and they burn out. They're 13 and 15, and they burn out by the time they're 16, and they can't they can't deal with that stress, right? And and we're much more well equipped to deal with stress and and failure in our 20s and as we get older but in our teen years it's tough to deal with that because we have a lot of you know different things happening your hormones are starting to develop we have a lot of peer pressure so i mean it's something that you know isn't really talked about a whole lot but it's a it's a big issue so like how can we how can we treat kids similar to adults in terms of what do they need to be using as performance fuel yeah, it's a good question. And I mean, I think we just needed to start teaching the kids healthy lifestyle choices early on, right? Instead of waiting, uh, you know, until they're all of a sudden they've, they've been injured and it's like, okay, now we should start doing some mobility work. Now we should start eating healthy and taking care of our diet, you know, and all these different things. We need to start teaching this early, early on. And even, you know, if you look at kids that aren't athletes too, I mean, the, the eating habits that we teach are absolutely insane. Right. And, huh. and I mean, it's not, it's not that it's the parents, 
fault per se. I mean, obviously we've been told all the wrong things. I mean, there's insane marketing out there to, to get kids to eat, you know, cereal and sugar and candy and, and, you know, there's play places and McDonald's. So everyone wants to go there. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, like we need to be teaching them that that's not okay. And that's not human food. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it, it really starts teaching them and having that conversation with the kids early on, because especially, I mean, if you're a parent that wants your kids to, to make it to the NHL or to make it to the, to the show, you know, to the pros, then, you know, you need to prepare them for that and just stuffing them in a gym and telling them to, to squat every single day or, you know, practice every single day isn't what's going to get them there. Right. It, it, yeah. It's part of it. It's a big part of it, but you know, we also need to be teaching them, you know, why sleep is important. We need to be teaching them why they should be eating real food and, and keeping inflammation low through their diet. We need to be teaching them, you know, mindfulness stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, meditation, but at least the ability to relax, to, to remain calm and, and, you know, to have that sort of practice in your life where you're not go, go, go every second of every day. We need to teach them to kind of just sit back and relax and be calm. So, you know, it, it really starts with, it's definitely the parents, um, you know, it relies on them to start early and to start teaching them just the right practices to, you know, fulfill a holistic or a healthy lifestyle before anything. Right, right. And, and I think a lot of the issue is that, you know, some parents feel like they need to, um, because they didn't get to where they thought that they wanted to be, maybe that they, they're trying to push their kids so hard to get there when in reality, like I I get it. The parents have the best of intentions because they want their kid to perform well, but the best way to get your kid to perform well is to empower them with that knowledge and to really teach them what is actually happening so that they can make informed choices. And then whatever they want to do, that's up to them. Like that's their, whatever is going to make them the happiest, they're going to just naturally do more and more and more. And then eventually it's going to become their passion. And that's what's their, what's going to be, you know, what their life is about. But I think, you know, we, we've, we're kind of in this generation of, you know, everyone sees all these athletes making it or all these people that are quote unquote, making it to the top. And um, I think parents are disillusioned by what, what actually happens to get there. And, and most of the time, the parents of those athletes that get to the top are the ones that just kind of, you know, they, they support their their kid instead of push their kid. Right. And that, that is very tied to, you know, food consumption too, because if we look at it and we say, okay, it's, it, there's a very big relationship there because the gratitude, right? Like what are you grateful for? And food is something that you can be supremely grateful for because you didn't put that food there like you're you're just allowed to use it basically right like god's giving us his ability like to, the, the earth has food so like now we can go ahead and use it and and i think that that's something that gets lost in in all of this stuff too well it is and you know i'm not saying that you know you can't make it to the pros if you don't take care of your health because of course there are people that have done it um but there are just a, there are also a lot of people that haven't been able to do it because their body broke down you know, they had all the potential, they had all the skill in the world, but their body just broke down and, and they couldn't do it. So, you know, it is something that is so important. And, you know, one of the examples I, I like to, to talk about is Kyle Lowry. And, you know, if you, if you watch Toronto Raptors or the NBA, I mean, he was a great basketball player, had, still is, sorry, has all the potential, you know, very skilled, has just, you know, complete basketball player. 
And then it wasn't until he finally realized I got to change my diet, which was, I think about four years ago, mm-hmm. as soon as he changed his diet, he came into season conditioned and healthy. Uh, and it was mainly 100% his diet that he had changed and just kind of focused on being healthy that next year he was an all-star. And I think he's been an all-star what three years or now since. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's those, it's that foundation that really can make all the difference. And, you know, Kyle Lowry's now 32, 33, and he's probably having his best year to start right now. So, you know, it, that, that health aspect, that nutritional aspect plays such an important role to get to that top peak level. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, if, if you can figure that stuff out, it, it really, really helps. It can make a difference. Right. And a lot of, you know, why I'm doing this stuff now is because of, you know, you know, this is something that I felt like, was what I was going through as a kid too. And if I had have known some of this stuff back then, it definitely would have helped me for sure. Because I mean, I came into my professional career with a knee injury uh, that I had to have surgery on. And, you know, like that, that was due to what I was doing. Right. So if I had known this stuff, I think it would have been, it would have served me um, a lot better. And I think, you know, because of those you know, because of, uh, you know, what I chose and, and the losses that I took, you know, were my own, the result of my own doing basically now, you know, my mission is to help these kids understand that it's all within your control. You just need to know what to look for. Yep. I completely agree. And, you know, one of the things that I, I love about podcasts is, is when you give, you know, actual practical tips. So, I mean, we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about all these different areas but it still is a very confusing, I mean, you probably have parents listening going, look, I get that I need to, to teach them to eat better, but you know, I don't necessarily know why that is or how to do that. And so I kind of want to touch on that just a little bit so that people can, you know, connect the dots of how nutrition is actually going to help them become a better or a, a more long-term athlete. And so when it comes to nutrition, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's the building blocks of your body, right? without nutrition, without certain nutrients, your cells are going to die and you're going to cease to exist. So we have required nutrients that you need to get in your diet. And, you know, these, these nutrients of so vitamins and minerals and water, of course, we all know that we need to be hydrated and protein. And so you only get these nutrients in real food in food that was grown from the earth in food that, you know, that roamed the earth or that swam in water, right? These are real food nutrients that you're getting. If you're eating processed foods, fast foods, and, and you know, all these man-made foods that have, have recently come up in the past, you know, let's say 60, 70, 80 years, you're not getting all those nutrients. Yeah, you're getting calories, right? So you're getting the energy, I guess, you need to participate in your sport, but you're not giving the body what it needs to actually build and become stronger and, and remain healthy. And then the flip side of it, too, is when you're feeding yourself processed foods and fast food and vegetable oils and refined sugars and, and all this crap, you're creating inflammation and inflammation in, in high amounts is not good in small amounts. It's fine. So think about inflammation as, you know, if you get sick, you get a cold, let's say you're going to get some inflammation because that's your immune cells, you know, helping your body to get over that sickness, right. To fight that virus or bacteria or whatever it is that you have. So that's fine. That's a good thing. But if you have inflammation every single day, all day, systemically, this is when your body starts to break down. It's think about it in the same way as you would think stress, right? 
And so all of a sudden you have joint pain, you have all these aches and your body just can't recover. You, you don't function as well cognitively. So this is why people, when they start to eat clean, they just feel so much better because they're lowering their inflammation. But as an athlete, and even at a young age, I mean, you can kind of fight through a lot of it when you're younger because you just, that's just the way it works. We're a lot more mm-hmm. resilient when you're younger, but even so, you know, you need to take care of that inflammation because eventually it's going to, to break down your body. And so the best way to do that is to get rid of any food that, that, you know, isn't real, you know, so your fast foods, your processed foods, anything that came in a box essentially, or in a package and just eat real natural foods because it's, what's going to allow you to recover the quickest. So instead of, you know, you think about it when you go to the gym and you have, you know, all the stiffness and if you're yeah. inflamed, it's going to take days and days to recover, right? It also depends on the amount that you worked out and all that kind of stuff. But for an example, anyway, but if you eat well and you eat healthy, then, you know, you're going to recover in, let's say, a day instead. So it yeah. makes a massive difference. And then you also understand that inflammation is also caused when you're training. So when you get body checked into the boards and you get a big hit and you get a bruise, that's inflammation now. So you're already getting inflamed after every game and probably in a lot of practices too. So your job as an athlete is to manage your inflammation. And right now, a lot of athletes that I see are not doing a good job at managing their inflammation. So Yeah, the the struggle as an athlete is to get your body back to in balance, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. always being – we're being pulled in different directions. Either we're getting contact or we're getting stress from like performance and coaches and and, expectations and all this stuff when we're just literally trying to keep our body in balance. And one of the biggest things we can use is, is food and consumption. So, so like I made bit, you know, big changes in my diet, like obviously a number of years ago, but like as a kid, right? Like I would have chose to eat pasta and chicken on the day of a game. Like what, so what is that actually doing for me and what can I replace that with? So we can give people some sort of actionable details here. Yeah. Good question. And I mean, the pasta is the, is the common you know, food of choice for, for an athlete, for sure. Um, chicken, I mean, chicken's great. I mean, that's going to get your protein and what you need to sort of build your muscles and recover those muscles. So, I mean, the chicken aspect is great. Pasta, so the thing with pasta is that it's refined. So it's not that, I mean, it's got a lot of carbs, which is great. And you can use that as an athlete if that's the way that, you know, you decide to eat. You can also be a good athlete on, you know, a high fat diet and low carb diet. So you don't, need to have carbs it's just what we've been eating for so long that we're just kind of used to it so we sort of rely on carbs but the the problem with pasta is that there's not a lot of actual nutrients in it right so and when i mean nutrients i mean micronutrients so like your vitamins your minerals your phytonutrients so all these different compounds that help you remain healthy and and alleviate inflammation and you know improve your cognitive function and all these sort of things and so you have a set amount of calories that you're going to eat in a day. And let's say as an athlete, that's 3000. If you get a thousand of those or 2000 of those from pastas, you know, in foods that aren't offering you all those vitamins and minerals, it is going to be very, very difficult for you to get all the required nutrients that you need to be a healthy individual. So, you know, you need to think about it more along the lines of, am I getting all the essential nutrients that I need? And carbohydrates are not essential in any way and if you're stuffing your face with refined refined grains i think my headphones might be dying but you can still hear me so yeah i can still hear you okay 
Hold on, I'm just going to switch them out here so that. No problem. No problem. Just take a quick uh, pause for, for him to switch out his headphones and get back into the show really quick here. And uh, yeah, so the main thing is to understand that we as athletes are performance machines and how can we get ourselves to perform better? And the big thing with being able to perform better is that we need to understand that what we put into our bodies either allows us to perform well, or it keeps us from performing well. And, um, you know, I don't know any of the actual studies or if there's actual data on it, but I would definitely venture a guess that, uh, groin strains are probably much higher in an athlete who consumes a lot more carbs before a game than someone who than an athlete that would be consuming a high fat diet and that's just an assumption that i would take um i don't know any hard evidence on that um because obviously there's a lot of different factors that would come into play like you know contact and um being hit obviously that that it would throw your body out of balance but just if we take everything um, at even and everything else was the same. Uh, I think that's something that we could probably look at that would, you know, if, and if you think about it, uh, you know, like there's a lot more pressure being put on, uh, on your, your hip flexor, you know, if you're consuming something that's staying around your gut a little bit longer. So, uh, that's one thing to note. Hey, yes. Hey Kyle, we're back on the air now. I think we had a quick, uh, little, time out there we waited for you to come back on a uh, little little issue but it's no uh, it's no problem at all i just kind of went on a little bit of a uh not a tangent to just a little bit of a rant where i'm talking about athletes that would consume higher carbohydrates uh, uh before a game as opposed to someone who's maybe consuming fat for energy they i was trying to relate it to um possible groin strain injuries and just that's just from my own personal experience uh what i've noticed uh, you know in in athletics obviously there's other external factors that might come into play like you know being hit and all that stuff but that's just something if we keep everything else equal that i just noticed um when when talking about consumption of uh, of, of carbs before a game yeah i mean <laughs> i i haven't seen a, a whole lot of of research on that yeah. comparing carbs versus First fat, I think, you know, the reason for that too is there's not a whole lot of eat, whole lot of athletes you know, been eating a higher fat diet for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, high fat diet is great if we want to talk about you know ketosis and and utilizing ketones. It can definitely be a a, a biohack per se, I guess, um, to reach sort of peak levels cognitively. Um, and they're finding in the research to to reach peak levels performance wise as well. I mean, there's a lot of research to show that you can reach peak performance in ketosis. So eating a high fat diet and eating a high carb diet, um, it really depends on the individual and more so depends on the type of foods that you're actually eating. So, you know, it's not necessarily about, are you in ketosis or are you you know, eating high carbs? It's, are you eating a clean diet? Are you training properly? I mean, preventing injury, you know, whether it's groin or whatever, a lot of that comes down to, um, your mobility and your stability between, you know, your range of motion. So do you have the range of motion to get into the positions you're putting yourself into? And then more importantly, are you stable in those positions? So have you sort of strengthened all the muscles in that area to, to allow for control 
throughout that movement. And if you can, you're not going to get injured. If you can't, that's when you do get injured is when you go too far into a range and your muscles don't know what they're doing and you have no control at that point. That's when you get a, a muscle tear. So it's yeah, really, yeah. you know, that, that's a, a huge component to it. But on the side of, you know, eating fats or eating carbs, it really just depends. I think you can do either one. Um, I think it's something that you should experiment with and, and see, you know, how your body does in ketosis and how your body does in a high carb diet versus uh, a high fat diet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely something to look for. And I think most people are viewing carbs as like eating pasta or bread or something like that. When, and instead of like, you know, what you can get carbs from in a naturally occurring uh, sources like yeah, some vegetables, right? Yeah, or yeah. eat a sweet potato, eat, uh, you know, quinoa and rice are, are not too bad either. But sweet potato, even white potatoes are fine. Um, you know, starchy carbs can be like squash um, can be great to give you a little bit more starchy carbs before a game. So it's, it's you know, you're still getting some carbs from it. Um, but you're also getting a bunch of vitamins and minerals and fiber and everything else. Whereas when you're eating pasta, you know, you're just kind of getting some carbs. But a lot of that is white flour with nothing in it. And it's acting more like sugar than it is you know an actual carb that's going to give you energy through a you know through a longer period of time yeah and so. especially when you consume it at the same time as you'd eat like your protein or something like that it just your body gets mixed signals and it doesn't know what to do with it so then it ends up storing it and, and using it for another time when when re in reality it needs to use it more quickly but then it ends up getting the, the the mixed messages and that's just what my experience is and that's how people tend and that's what kind of the western diet is made up of is is just the body gets mixed signals and it's it's just unsure unclear of, of what it should actually do with what's being consumed yeah agreed and i mean that goes back to to inflammation right when when your body doesn't know what it's doing it gets confused and that's how inflammation is created if it has nutrients or, you know, chemicals in the body that it doesn't know, well, it wants to attack those. It wants to, you know, get after that. So that's, again, where inflammation is going to come along. So, I mean, the most important thing you can do is just to eat real food to start. And then, you know, from there, you can play with your protein timing. You can play with your carbs versus fat ratio. Um, you know, it's very, very individualized. Um, so that's sort of up to you to understand your body and experiment uh, more than anything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I guess uh, we'll we'll start to get into, you know, winding down this episode because I, I know that uh, people have uh, things to do and, and we tend to run long and we want to make sure we keep the, the listeners' attention for the entire time. But um, before we get into the last segment where I'll ask you some, like, just uh, some questions, just 10 cues, 10 questions, um, what are your views on, like, the accountability towards eating a certain way or not and is it is it something that we should be rigid towards our diets or is it something that we should just understand that it's doing this to us yeah good question i am all about intuitive intuitive eating so rather than you know going on a specific diet which i mean can help in certain instances um, you know, I think it's all about how does your body feel? Are you giving it, you know, what it needs and your body will tell you if it is or not. Um, and then kind of optimizing from there. So if you want to try certain diets, you know, I am all for it. And, you know, in a lot of cases, if you have a health issue, 
or you have a weight issue or you want to get to a certain point, then I think really dialing it in and having a specific diet and, you know, counting your calories and your macros can be very, very useful. It's an extra tool that you can use along with other things to get to that, you know, point to get to that goal. But for the most part, for the average person who's just trying to remain healthy and, you know, in shape, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to go on any specific diets. I think it's more, you know, eat real food and then see, you know, the, for, for timing of foods or types of foods, see which ones work for you, right? Right now I'm doing an elimination diet. So it's basically where you remove all the common um, allergy type or intolerant type foods out of your diet for three weeks. And then you reintroduce them one at a time and see if you have any inflammation buildup or any sort of reactions to them. So it's six weeks, that's it. And it's, it's for a specific reason, right? To find out if I have any issues with food. And then from there, I'll just go back into eating normally, you know, intuitively, feeding my body when it needs it, eating, you know, an amount until the point where I get, you know, just enough to be full, not overfeeding myself, um, you know, making sure that I'm getting, you know, different plants and, and, and a variety of different foods, because that's really important. But again, you know, it's okay to go off course and, you know, go eat something that's not that great every once in a while, right? Have a pizza here and there or whatever. It's not a big deal. It, what really matters is the average of your diet. So what are you eating most of the time? That's what's going to make up your gut microbiome. That's what's going to make up your, you know, the physiological makeup of your body essentially is what you eat on the average. And so, you know, if you on average eat a very healthy diet, then you've earned the right to eat a food that maybe isn't the greatest or the healthiest for you. If you don't eat a healthy diet very often, then you really haven't earned a right to eat a dessert or to eat, you know, candy. And, you know, you need to fix that before you continue to do that because your body is going to break down eventually. So I, I'm all about intuitive right. eating and, and really focusing on, you know, trying to do the best you can, you know, as often as possible, but don't get, you know, too stressed out or too crazy if you, if you go off course every once in a while. Right. And, and it just goes along with the notion that we are far more what we do repeatedly than what we do in one moment. And that's, exactly. and that's more, you know, what we should be doing. And that's how I place those kind of things towards my nutrition uh, so that, you know, it, it's not like I'm looking at nutrition in terms of rigidity. I'm just looking at it as, okay, Am I doing things uh, to the best of my ability most of the time? And when I don't do something uh, to the best of my ability, do I know what's happening? And that's kind of how I'm, you know, doing it at the moment and trying to navigate through all this yep. stuff. You got it. So I guess we'll go into the uh, last little segment here. Well, we'll, we'll just go through uh, a few questions and, and we'll give you, uh, you can either pick A or B basically. And, and it's just a little fun thing that people can, uh, you know, play along with as well. So uh, cool. A little run down here. So first one up is uh, coconut oil or MCT oil. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good one. Um, it depends. <laughs> I'm going to say coconut <laughs> oil because there's more uses for it. Awesome. Um, Margarine or grass-fed butter? <laughs> oh, God. Grass-fed butter, 100%. Don't ever eat margarine. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> celery or carrots? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with carrots. More nutrients. Okay. 
breathing tactics into your mouth or into your nose? Oh man, into your nose 100%. Uh, I actually just did a podcast on this last week. It's my newest episode, but the importance of breathing through your nose is is so important. So um, stop breathing through your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a, it's such a big thing to do to, to learn how to breathe into your nose. It's such a big, big help. Good sleep or eight hours of sleep? Uh, good sleep. It's all about quality, not quantity. So good, good. That's yeah, good. Um, bulletproof intermittent fasting or regular intermittent fasting? Um, meaning drinking a bulletproof coffee while you're fasting? Yes, and trying to hack uh, getting into ketosis a little bit sooner. Um, I myself do the bulletproof. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that, but either one works. You don't have to do the bulletproof if you don't want to. Um, don't get too confusing and too complex. Just do what works for you. Awesome. I, yeah, as we've talked about before, I'm on the bulletproof as well too. Um, in the morning for breakfast, coffee or oatmeal, what would you be your, your choice? Uh, coffee. I usually don't really have breakfast. I start to eat around 11 ish. Um, depending on, you know, when I'm going to go to the gym and that, but, uh, I try to, to stay away from eating for the first couple hours, at least when I'm awake, but I will have a coffee, uh, and oftentimes with some, some grass fed butter and some MCT oil in there. Nice. Nice. Who's your favorite hockey team? Toronto Maple Leafs all day. Nice. I love that you're, you know, <laughs> sticking with the, the home team. That's great. That's great. Um, what's one thing that people can do to start to change their perspective on, you know, what, or what's one thing should people start to change their perspective on? Change their perspective on. Yeah. So if they can think differently uh, towards one specific thing that would help them improve their quality of life and their performance from day to day. Hmm. I would say to just relax and just know that everything is going to be okay. We live in this very stressed, you know, fast paced and competitive world. And, and it kind of builds up on most people. And it's a, it's a big reason why we have all these chronic diseases and, you know, all these chronic issues. So, you know, try to just chill out, honestly, because we don't do it (laughs) enough and just, you know, don't let your mind, you know, do all this crazy stuff, just relax and just know that, you know, if you've got food, if you've got shelter, if you've got clean water, you're good. Everything is going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that's, that's so powerful. That's a great message. Uh, I, I think I've spent the last, four of the last five years living in Europe and different places. And what's one very big thing that I've noticed is that their, I mean, their pace, their life pace is, is, is also fast, but they know how to slow it down and they, they prioritize the, the time to slow down and, and relax and be amongst their friends and company. That's one of the biggest things that, that I, I've taken away from that. So that's good. Um, lastly, where can we find you and what are you up to? Tell us about the whole health simple, uh, the podcast, the approach, the coaching, what, what, uh, what are you guys all about? What are you guys up to? Yeah. Awesome. So health simple is a digital wellness channel that, you know, aims to, to help people and to empower people to live healthy, happy, and, and stress-free. So, you know, we, we really try to simplify everything so that you can kind of understand it and make it really practical for you. So, uh, at health simple underscore. 
Um, that's where we're, you know, where we are the most. Uh, you can also check out our website, healthsimpleinfo.com. Sorry, did, did I lose you there? Uh, no, you're, oh. you're still there. You kind of cut out when you were telling your you Instagram handle. But Yeah, okay. So. Um, so, yeah, on Instagram, you can find us at healthsimple underscore. Uh, we're very active on there, post every single day, uh, and you can basically get to everything we do from there. Uh, we do also have a website where you can find, you know, healthy recipes, um, you know, blogs on different topics and in our podcast. So it's healthsimpleinfo.com. Check out our podcast. That's probably our thing that's growing the most right now, which is Health Simple Radio Podcast. Um, that's me who's on there and kind of interviewing health experts from around the world. Uh, and in big news of what's coming out soon, we're actually launching a new ebook called So You Want to Eat Healthy. Uh, it's going to come out next week, I believe. And this book's going to go pretty in depth on why you should be eating healthy. So a lot of the topics we talked about today, actually, but why you should be eating healthy and then, you know, every step of how to do it. So grocery lists, foods to avoid lists, um, you know, key summaries of things that you need to know. We have recipes and cooking tips. It's, it's jam packed with information. So make sure to check that out. Uh, it should come out next week, I believe. So other than that, if you're interested in, in health coaching or, you know, improving, um, your health and your lifestyle choices, then I do take on clients one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I'm happy to help you out there. You can, again, just go to our website and you can find me, uh, find me there. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and we were chatting a bit off air about, uh, about finding ways to work together. And I definitely think that there's, there's opportunity to, to collab. And, and I think what you're doing is, is so important and it's so beneficial that, uh, you know, we really, really like it. It's kind of, you know, it matches up with what we're trying to accomplish as well. So, I mean, yeah, we're glad to, uh, have had this introduction and, and to, uh, to be put on a little bit to your, to what you guys are doing. And, and we really, really like it. We're definitely gonna, we'd love to have you back on the podcast, uh, at some point to, uh, just talk more stuff and, and get our listeners more and more, uh, information that's really relevant, uh, and practical for them to use. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to come back on. I, you know, hockey is, has been a big part of my life uh, for forever. You know, I started playing when I was, I was four and I've been a diehard Leafs fan, you know, ever since. So, um, you know, it's great to see that, you know, you're sort of helping athletes navigate their way through, through the sport because it's, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, um, you know, on all angles too. So, you know, it's really cool that you're, you know, you have this podcast and, and you know everything that you're doing so i appreciate you having me on and appreciate the the work that you're doing in the space as well so uh but happy to to jump on again sometime for sure thank you i appreciate those kind words as well and uh you know for everyone else that's listening uh, make sure you go over and, and check out kyle and his team over at health simple underscore on instagram and and send them a note um they're lightning fast to reply, so <laughs> they uh, they will get to all of your to your comments. So if you, uh, if you have any questions, um, feel free to ask him, and uh, we'll try to keep uh, finding ways to to work together and, and stay tuned because I think we'll be able to uh, offer you guys uh, something pretty cool in the in the upcoming future here. So, Kyle, once again, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, look forward to uh, staying in contact. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Thanks so much, Kyle, for being on our podcast today. Your views and your information and all the hard work that you're doing uh, 
uh, is making a positive impact on people and I think it's great to add your value to our show and to our listeners because this stuff is just so important uh, especially for performance athletes if you'd like to go on over to check out Kyle and what his team is doing over at Health Simpo, visit www.healthsimpleinfo.com and check out some of his content or you can head over to Instagram at healthsimple underscore and leave him a note and let him know that he's doing a good job or ask him a question. Uh, they typically reply uh, really fast so you can always get a hold of him. If you'd like if you like today's episode and you want to hear more of the episodes like this, uh, head on over to iTunes and uh, leave us a review and or uh, a comment uh, if you like and, and let us know how we're doing and if this podcast is bringing you some value. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate it if you could share it with a, with a friend and let them know um, that you find this valuable and Hey, you know, we really appreciate your attention. Uh, so um, make sure you leave us a comment so that we can thank you as well for, uh, for your attention.